0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the New Generation podcast. I am one of your hosts, Tanner Mondock.
1: And I'm your other host, Janae Avery.
0: And today we're going to be talking about something that you've probably been hearing a lot about on the news. Supply chain issues, inflation, and how you know that could affect your holiday shopping, what's on the shelves, gas prices... All this stuff. So you've probably been hearing a lot about it. And today we have Joe Joseph, who is the Delco General Counsel and Executive Vice President of International Business here in the studio to kind of help us and help you understand all of that. So Joe, thank you for coming on. And how are you doing today?
2: I'm I'm doing great, and I appreciate uh, you and Janae uh, giving me the opportunity to come down and share a little bit of what I know about what's going on around the world.
0: Of course so yeah you know like i said this has been all over the news so we're going to get into all of this uh right after we take a brief break for our ads
1: ben visit chevrolet is mercer county's truck headquarters
0: quality new chevrolet's and outstanding pre-owned vehicles plus an excellent service department to stand behind your vehicle purchase located on route 19 just south of mercer
1: stop in or call ben visit chevrolet today at 724
0: At Sharon Regional Medical Center, they believe in the power of people to create great care.
1: Their dedicated employees work hard every day to make Sharon Regional Medical Center a place of healing, caring, and connection for patients and families in the community we call
0: home. For more information, go to SharonRegionalMedical.org.
1: First National Bank provides a full range of commercial banking, consumer banking, and wealth management services, plus industry-leading online and mobile banking solutions. Call your local FNB or go online at fnb-online.com.
0: At Chenango Valley Meat and Poultry, you will find an excellent selection of steaks, burgers, chicken wings, and everything that goes along with it.
1: Voted Best of the Best in 2021 by Harold Readers. Stop in at 1215 East 8th Street and Sharon or call 724-346-6328 today.
0: Located in Mercer County, UPMC Horizon offers a range of services and medical specialties at two campuses in Farrell and Greenville. Together with UPMC Jamison in Lawrence County, UPMC Horizon provides a regionalized approach to healthcare. If you need care, go to UPMC Horizon or upmc.com. Okay, Joe, so I guess to start here, there's probably a lot of people who might be hearing about this but don't fully like understand what's going on, so I guess like explain it to us like we're five year olds. What exactly is happening here? How did it start? Why is it affecting things so much?
2: That's a loaded question. A lot to unpack there. Uh, God, you know, uh, I think a lot. There's a lot of debate over how this uh, current crisis we're experiencing started. Uh, you know, I believe most of us agree that uh, the supply chain issues that everybody is hearing about on the news and in the media, Uh, it started pre-pandemic. This wasn't something that the pandemic caused, but certainly the pandemic sort of exposed uh, to the supply chain world uh, when the pandemic hit. Uh, Some of this started in 2018 uh, when two things occurred On on a global scale, Um, The ocean carriers, uh, the ships that bring the material and supplies to our country, created three alliances. So they were basically the ten largest ocean carriers in the world created three alliances. And those three alliances consume 85% of the ocean capacity in the entire world. Um, So how did that impact the global supply chain? Well, in late 2018, when these alliances came about, Uh, the carriers within those alliances basically agreed that I will ship from, say, Shanghai to L.A. You don't ship in that lane, and I'll agree not to ship in the Shanghai to Spain lane. So, say, Hapag Lloyd said, okay, we'll do the Shanghai to L.A. route, and uh, CMA said, we'll do the uh, Shanghai to Spain route. And what that did was caused a natural reduction in capacity because you took one of the ships out of service. Mm. Um, So that kind of precipitated some of the uh, reduction in supply. Um, In addition to that, from a more of a national scale in the U.S. in late 2018, our government mandated uh, ELD restrictions on truck drivers. So in essence, they reduced a lot of the Uh, carriage capacity within the U.S. to move freight around the country. Drivers weren't allowed to drive more than 11 hours, couldn't work more than 14 hours a day. Um, And that also included um, the wait time, like they wait to load. So they have idle time sitting there and that includes part of their work day. So they kind of reduced the carriage capacity within the U.S. Um, That were two of the biggest things that brought about some of the problems that we're experiencing today. Uh, There are are other issues. Uh, We have a a very antiquated infrastructure system in the U.S. compared to other countries. Uh, We have um, inefficiencies that are enormous in our ocean ports. Um, So when the pandemic came about and reduced the labor force, uh, caused uh, folks to stay at home, not be able to work, um, there was this natural... Uh, perfect storm that came into being. So you kind of put all this entire recipe into play. It caused where we're at today with uh, this crisis, the global crisis. Uh, Then you bring the pandemic in uh, where people were at home. Uh, They were uh, basically uh, shopping online. So you saw this enormous uh, increase in e-commerce where people were basically Uh, not spending their money on services. They weren't going to the doctor, they weren't seeing their accountant, they weren't uh, involved with the service-based expenses that they were incurring, but were spending a lot of their money on the e-commerce side of things. Shopping, and I'll use the word Amazon, that's a a, a Mm well-known. So there was this increase, so this supply and demand imbalance started to grow. Uh, You saw the uh, ports, Uh, begin to have uh, labor shortages. You know, the ships pull up. They have to be offloaded. Uh, The material has to be moved from point A to point B within the port, repositioned to uh, uh, container yards so that they can be picked up. Some of those go on a rail. You know, the rails were shutting down because of a lack of labor force. So All of these imbalances were starting to meld together to create where we're at today. That's sort of a 10,000-mile look down. It's a lot more complex than that, but Mm -hmm. that's sort of the recipe of what brought this about.
1: And I was recently listening to a podcast and it was talking about that shortage of labor and how they were completely backed up and they couldn't get the products to the people. So with the holidays coming up, what does that mean for people who are going out and shopping? Like, would you recommend maybe shopping a little earlier just to beat the chances of running out of supplies? Or how would you kind of maneuver through that?
2: Um, It's... That's a good question, and that's sort of the one you see in the media. They, they're they sounding these alarms, you know, do your Christmas shopping early, do mm-hmm. your Christmas shopping early. Um, in the shipping industry, uh, we have certain seasonal shipping patterns. Uh, the Christmas retail shipping season usually starts in our world, in the shipping industry, in late August. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the big box retailers where majority of us shop for holiday gifts uh, started importing material in august so uh, and they and to their credit we've been sounding this alarm and the supply chain crisis for about a year and i think for the most part some of those big box retailers were foreseeing what we were not to the levels that we were but they were anticipating some hiccups so they start uh, filling their warehouses and their fulfillment centers in August. They start ramping up their inventories. Uh, So there will be things on the shelves. I don't think uh, you're going to see blackouts where you're going to go to the Walmart, for example, Mm -hmm. and see no toys on the shelves. Do I think their inventory levels will be significantly reduced? Yes. Instead of having 10 toys of whatever, I don't know what the the current rage is in the toy market, but uh, instead of 10 of those being on the shelf, they may only have five. Mm -hmm. So you will see a reduction in inventory levels, uh, but you won't see a complete wipe out of, of things not being on the shelves. Uh, so um, I think that's part of the impact you're going to see, and obviously you're going to see price impacts. Uh, so basically
1: people don't need to go out to the stores and run and get the toilet paper <laughs> and tissue like they did before the <laughs> pandemic. Just well, relax a little bit. Uh,
2: n- no. Um, from the toy perspective, uh, again, I think there will be less inventory available mm-hmm. but i think there's going to be an inventory available okay yeah. uh, the the tissue paper issues i think were more of a knee-jerk reaction than a reality of of what was going on so uh hopefully we've all kind of learned a little bit of a lesson there that uh, you don't have to kick the door down and fight with <laughs> your neighbor to get uh, what's on the shelf right. hopefully so yeah, that was a so.
1: strange time <laughs> well, it
0: really was yeah have you done your holiday shopping yet
2: I have not. Yeah, me either. Uh, Fortunately, I don't have small children to shop for. I'm not the guy out shopping for the toys, but... uh, Right. No, I I, I have (laughs) not. So, uh, I'm confident that whatever I'm looking for will be available.
0: Yeah, me either. My girlfriend's been on it since October. I get on it soon. So, tell me a little bit about Delco and just kind of like your work. So, how like, you know, you're working with all this. So, just kind of, you know, tell us a little bit about like what you're doing and how you are like kind of dealing with this firsthand.
2: Generally, what Delco is is a uh, a logistics company, Uh, and from an international perspective, uh, uh, we're what's called a freight forwarder, an NVOCC, a non-vessel owner operator carrier, meaning we don't own the ships, but we move the cargo on ships, kind of a generalization. But uh, my primary responsibility is um, that We have customers who move freight, say from China to the U.S., from Europe to the U.S., Australia, Africa, South America. I am primarily responsible for uh, compliance. I go overseas, negotiate the supply chain contracts in the foreign countries, make sure there's carriage there to the port, and make sure that uh, we have people on the ground there that can get the material on the ships. And then I'm responsible for making sure that when material arrives here, it's capable of being transported to final destination. So there's a, uh, a compliance side to that, uh, and there's an operation side to that. And I'm responsible kind of for th- – I'm the kind of the watchmaker to make sure things are running and then overseeing the operation side, seeing overseeing the compliance side, and making sure things run the way they're supposed to. So what we do is, let's say um, – You want to move uh, a thousand toys from, actually we do this, I'll give you a good example. We're moving toys from uh, Manila to Miami. And uh, the overseas supplier will call me and say, your U.S. customer uh, has ordered uh, 500 pieces. And then I say, okay, uh, I arrange for those pieces to get into a container if it's going by ocean. I make sure the container gets on uh, the next available sailing and make sure then it arrives at the Port of Miami, gets offloaded, gets cleared through customs, and then gets delivered to the customer. Uh, that's kind of a generalization of what we do. There's a lot of technical aspects to it, but that's uh, basically what, what we do.
1: And how has the current state of the economy affected your company's business, if any?
2: Um, y- in our business, when unfortunately things like this are happening within the economy, our business is soaring. Uh, There's a significant demand for uh, moving freight right now and uh, an an increasing demand for finding solutions to overcome the problems that you hear about. So based on the experience that we have and the contacts and the relationships we have with suppliers, we're able to find solutions to get things moving and uh, get the freight moved around the world. Uh, We also do the export side, things leaving the U.S. going to foreign countries. It's sort of the same uh, concept, a little bit different, but the same concept to get stuff out of the U.S. as it is getting it in.
0: Hmm. And it's a local company, right? Yeah,
2: we're in Sharpsville, headquartered in Sharpsville, correct. Okay, yeah.
0: And so we were talking a little bit uh, before we started recording here how this is kind of a worldwide issue. I think it's easy for a lot of people in this country to kind of put your blinders on, only worry about the U.S., but you were telling us how this is – happening everywhere so like what what's the difference in terms of what's going on everywhere to here is it pretty much all the same
2: uh i it's generally the same but uh the u.s uh consumes uh, aside from india and china uh consumes substantially more uh, than all the other countries Okay, so what that means is we feel the impact on a bigger scale, but everybody's feeling the same uh, crunch that we are. Europe, South America, uh, Russia, Asia, wherever you go, we're we're all feeling the same crunch. And just to give you an example, uh, everybody's hearing on the news about the uh, crisis at the LA Long beach port. You know, all the ships that are bobbing around in the Pacific Mm -hmm. Ocean out there. There's right now, today, there's 140 ships waiting to berth at the port of L.A.
0: Which those images are like crazy to look at, just all those ships sitting out there.
2: And uh, they're going to keep coming. They keep coming out of China and they're going to keep coming. Uh, That Pacific Rim is not going to ease anytime soon. But there's 700 ships today waiting to berth around the globe, which is like 13% of the ocean capacity so it's not unique to us there's mm-hmm. still roughly 560 ships bobbing around somewhere who can't get into port uh, one of those places is shanghai which is the largest ocean port in the world uh, has the same issue can't get ships in can't get ships out so it's not unique to us um, it's the same issues are occurring everywhere on uh, same scales that were that we're having
0: hmm. and so something else that you know has been like dealing with this that like um probably everyone has been hearing a lot about recently is like the issue of inflation. So like how is that kind of, you know, related to this and how is this also affecting things? Uh,
2: That's a great question, Uh, not an easy answer because there's this ongoing debate uh, as to whether or not uh, this global supply chain crisis is really having uh, an impact or contributing to the current inflation that we're beginning to experience. Uh, I, I think generally most of us agree that it is having some level of impact. We may all disagree as to to what impact it's having. Uh, me, personally, you know, I've seen ocean rates. Transportation costs go up 400%. Uh, we've had 21 rate increases just this year in ocean freight. So where it kind of the debate begins to, to occur as to how it's been impacting our economy is you have transportation price inflation that's what the importer is paying for those transportation costs and they've gone up significantly like i said 400 percent you know a container coming from shanghai to la a year ago cost about fifteen hundred dollars today that same container sixteen thousand dollars wow so of course that increase in cost is being absorbed by somebody so on the transportation price inflation the imbalance of, of supply and demand there uh, some of the big companies, like a Walmart, are able to absorb some of those costs, so you don't see this immediate uh, price increase. And uh, it, it, But you're still seeing this impact, uh, their pricing. So then, how does that transmit to the consumer price and in inflation? Uh, well, from the global aspect of this, it, it's impacting everybody because not everyone is a Walmart, for example, that can absorb some of the transportation costs. They have to pass those costs on to somebody, which is you and I, the, hence the transmission of the transportation price inflation to the consumer price inflation, which is what we see on the shelf, and we are seeing on the shelf. Uh, I mean, uh, you go to the grocery store and you can see the cost of uh, milk, eggs, beef, chicken, or. or doubling in price in some some respects. And, and that's a direct uh, reflection on the cost of transportation impacting the consumer uh, price inflation. Mm-hmm. So it is having an impact. Uh, we can all disagree on to what extent or how much it is, but it's. I think it's having a, a significant impact and will continue to have a significant impact for the foreseeable future.
1: And you made the prediction that people aren't um, – they aren't able to see how much inflation is making an impact as of right now as to how how much it's going to make in the future. You said that pretty much in the spring, we're going to really start to see how inflation and supply demand is going to affect just the regular day consumer and then also the business owners as well. So can you kind of just touch on that?
2: A couple of things. Uh, The first of which is the supply chain crisis that we're experiencing now is not going to go away. I don't think you know, my prediction is probably not until this time next year we're going to start to see an easing of this imbalance. Um, the The second thing is, uh, I think that right now we we are still in sort of a euphoric stage of uh, an influx in uh, cash that was put into the economy by our government, much needed at the time, and uh, people not being out and spending their money. You know, there was an accumulation, and I don't have the statistics, it was pretty hefty in the amount of uh, accumulation of uh, excess cash that was in savings by the average household, and they're beginning to spend that, which is causing some of the imbalances. Uh, When those things begin to run out, you're going to see people with less money to spend. The government's no longer infusing cash into the economy, but we're all still going to have the same demands, and you're going to see, uh, I believe, a, uh, a continuation of an imbalance in the supply, the ability to supply to us, and, and the demand, but not necessarily our ability to pay, because the prices continue to go up and will continue to go up, I think. So, you know, some people argue that the consumer price inflation is transitory, it's temporary, I don't know what that means, does that mean for a year, does that mean for the next three years, next two years, I don't know. And then our federal government comes into play there in trying to control inflation uh, with interest rates and things like that, so I don't know how they're going to respond. Uh, we won't know that probably until first quarter of 2022. So uh, I, I do think though that it's going to continue to go on an upward trend here, at least for the foreseeable future.
0: And so. Kind of as we start to like wrap things up here. So for people, you know, listening to this, and this might be, you know, the first time they may be really being able to fully like grasp this uh, issue here. What do you recommend for people in terms of now kind of going forward? How do they approach these things now? Is there anything that like people should be looking out for just to kind of better prepare themselves for these issues?
2: Two parts to that. The first is the average Joe, you and I, the consumer, um, you know, there's, it's difficult to try and pre-plan for uh, something of this magnitude you know like think about it our 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 government wasn't prepared for what is now transpiring let alone the average Joe and and Mm -hmm. how it's impacting us financially Um, you know it it's it's going to be one of those things where um, you know from the average Joe consumer you know it's it's like anything else you've got to be more conscious I guess of what you're spending from the importer from the uh, large-scale importer, those that are doing business and bringing material in. Uh, I think it's sort of a wake-up call that we've been trying to impress upon our customers, at least, that uh, you've got to take more of a pragmatic and practical approach to uh, what you're doing. Uh, a lot of people took supply chain and logistics for granted. Basically, uh, I'm ordering it, didn't really pay attention as to how it got here. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I think there are a lot of ways now of uh, working around that, uh, getting an understanding of how it functions, a lot of things that we do with our customers to try and uh, bring it to their attention and help them manage uh, their supply chain, uh, assess the risks, and uh, be prepared to, to uh, deal with those uh, risks when there's hiccups along the way. The supply chain is such a fragile thing right now. Every little... Every little ripple in the supply chain has a substantial impact on everybody. And and those bringing material into the country, um, it needs to get to a C-level consideration within a company, uh, not just the shipping manager down the line who's trying to get this stuff in and and, uh, really need to um, take a step back and uh, uh, start utilizing the folks that are kind of aware of the supply chain and uh, allow them to help them. Uh, help solutions get solutions to the problems they're experiencing right now uh... risk audit. i mean um... we do freight audits for example Mm -hmm. Uh, you go in what are you doing why are you doing this Uh, where are you shipping this to Um, it's not going to work that way Uh, it's going to cost you more doing it that way it's never going to get in that way you're under time constraints you're not going to get it you have to try an alternative way alternative ports, alternative method of transportation, things of that nature. So uh, going forward, I think this hopefully will act as a wake up call and get those folks to take a step back and consider some of those things.
0: Right, yeah. Just like you said, we never really thought about how things arrive on our doorstep. Sometimes no, when we order I, I,
2: I call it the McDonald's effect. You guys are younger than me, but uh, back in the day, you know, McDonald's was the greatest thing because you went through the drive-through and everybody got used to having this instant <laughs> gratification of I, uh, you know, I go ordering and it and there was my dinner in hand. Mm-hmm. Well, now it's sort of the Amazon effect, I guess, right. for your generation, and uh, you just hit a button, click on a button, you expect it to be here the next day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, those days are long gone, at least <laughs> temporarily, and uh, uh, y- y- you think about that on a. On a grander magnitude where you have a, a, a company importing uh, manufacturing supplies from overseas that if they don't get them there, they're going to have their lines down. They're not going to be able to produce their product, get it out of their warehouse, or get it out of their manufacturing facility. Mm-hmm. So that just-in-time inventory mentality... Um, has to evolve a little bit more, and there's you know, near sourcing. You hear a lot of people talk about, I don't, don't want to go on, but you hear a lot of people talk about you have to resource. You have to go back and find closer people to source. It's not that easy. You know, uh, We do a lot in the rail industry. There's a lot of quality controls. They've worked with overseas suppliers to meet certain quality needs. And uh, you can't just say, I'm not going to use you anymore. I'm going to go find somebody else, because it literally takes sometimes years to get, those suppliers up to uh, those quality standards. I spent a lot of time in China. Their efficiencies in manufacturing are just remarkable. Uh, I've been in plants where they everything's automated by robotics. Not a human being touches rail car wheels, for example. Mm. They can produce a rail car wheel in the one manufacturing plant I was in in six minutes. Wow. And they can produce 40,000 wheels a day up to a certain quality standard. Right. So not, who? where do you find that same... Uh, You know, you can't just say, oh, I'm going to go to to Italy. Uh, Northern Italy is a big manufacturing of rail car parts. I'm going there, and I'm going to have them ramp up and do this. Well, no, not to that volume and maybe not to that quality. So it's not that easy.
0: Mm
2: -hmm. Um, So – i went down a rabbit hole so
0: <laughs> no that's all right this is all very interesting and stuff that i wasn't really aware of see i think that'll do it you know before we wrap things up is there anything else that maybe that was on your mind that you'd like to touch on or
2: no i, I mean it's such a it's an issue you can talk about for days there's oh, so yeah, many moving yeah. parts to it um and uh you know it's i'm just uh, thank you for the opportunity and um mm-hmm. always willing to share information and uh I'll tell you some war stories someday about uh, the supply chain and how fragile it really is
0: no, of course yeah like you said this is probably be going on for another year so maybe we'll have you on again for as an update at some point in the future that'll do it this week on the new generation podcast hopefully uh, you learned a thing or two this week so i want to thank you again joe for coming on thank you all for listening i know we uh Myself and Janae really appreciate all of our listeners. I was out covering something and someone I never met before came up and said like, hey, I really like the podcast and everything. I think it's great. And I'm like, I never met this person before. And I thought that was awesome. That never happened before. Right. Um, guess I just saw my press pass and like knew who I was. So yeah, that was awesome. So yeah, we definitely appreciate all of our listeners. And check out the New Generation Sports Report every Thursday. We have a lot of exciting football playoffs this weekend. Thank you all for listening. I'll we'll
1: see you guys next week.